0: Oh, Dan, this is the inside joke. Oh, okay, never mind.
1: Welcome, welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This is your host. Good luck, Chuck. We back at it. Actually, you can call me Super Champ Chuck. Now I forgot I changed my name again. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share all your social media platforms. It is officially draft season. Um, I know a special guest on here right now. It's earlier for him. You know, he's got to tap in the film like pretty much every week. But before we get into all that, man, let's go ahead and introduce the panel here. My guy, Country's on the middle of the screen, the top. My guy, Boogie's on the top right. My homegirl, Kylie's on the bottom left. And we welcome back the film guy, co-host of RGR Football with Ryan Tracy. Bring back my guy, Daniel Harms.
2: How you doing, man? How's everybody doing, man? I love being back. I'm always coming here. I always love talking drafts, and I love what you guys do out here. So I always appreciate it. We one guys, are, one of our early
0: back. guests. Dan was on the show before it was cool.
2: I'm always, always, the the OG, the The
1: OG. (laughs) Big facts. (laughs) um, What's up, Nani? So, yeah, let's go on and get to some things, man. Uh, You know, we got some, some breaking news a few days ago with Nate Taylor in regards to the Chiefs and their pursuit. Or not pursuing De'Andre Hawkins. They could be in the running for Odell still. Even though Odell is still coming with ridiculous price tags and whatnot. And we have some other stuff going along with that. So, to me, the way I'm seeing it right now, I mean, I already knew the Chiefs were going to look at receiver again in this draft class. But I think it's a little more certain at this point now. If Odell come down on his price tag a little bit, then, yeah, I mean, the option's still there. But, I mean, what what'd you guys think about the news in regards to them just being out on deep hop first, essentially? Hey, man, I came to the conclusion last week, I don't
0: want nothing to do with the Arizona Cardinal organization. Because when they was trying to get rid of Patrick Peterson, and we was calling and calling and calling, and they held on and held on, and then he got old and they shipped them to Minnesota. Like, I'm just through with the Arizona Cardinals organization. You're not getting a second-round pick. You're definitely not getting a second and a third. I don't know what – Brandon Cook's ruined the market for y'all. Y'all should have moved him early and took care of it, but you didn't. So now the price has changed, and I'm not going over a third. I don't even want to give you a third. I want to give you a fourth and call it a day because i still got to worry about his contract at the same time so i just don't want to deal with arizona cardinals or orga- their entire organization they suck <laughs> i agree
3: I, was a little, I'm, I'm, I, I still think it's early it's still early i mean right now they're saying the chiefs is out because they probably the price is probably too high right now but i still think once the draft comes around we'll start seeing them conversations heat back up because every team that they send was interested in them. You got Baltimore. I think it was uh, maybe Patriots. Broncos, Patriots. So it's still teams and they, they shopping around for the deal. They can get whenever they get the best deal, they go move them. And if the chiefs update deal or other things change, it can still happen. So I'm, I'm cool with it now, but I still won't dehop. I don't know what country, time, but I still want D Hop. I still want that contract. I still want him two years. I still think he's the best receiver, better than any receiver we can get in the draft or any receiver we can get this year. Period. So I'm, I still would want him, but he kind of suck kind of right, right now.
4: Uh, Dan, what we do you
2: have do on it? it? Oh man, I just don't. I, I'm, I'm more with country. With I don't want to give anything up. For like over a, a day, three pick. Like I'm not, I'm not about that life. The Chiefs need to get younger everywhere, and they still continuously value those youth top 100 picks. So I'm, I'm just kind of like in the middle, and I'm, I know that the reports came out that OBJ wants 15 million. He didn't get 15 million. Like he's not gonna get 15 million. Like you haven't played since the Super Bowl, and you want that much. I get it. Right now, you're ring chasing basically. You are shopping yourself around. You are at meetings the other this week like you're shopping around for a deal man you're not going to get 15 so i'm still trying to get odell if you can because he's not going to cost as much in terms of draft capital and then the contract so that's my own that's my own thing
4: yeah uh i'm with you on that like on the whole like if we can get obj then let's get him because i do think we need that vet presence on the field or in the wide receiver room um, I'm kind of annoyed with you guys though because I think in the beginning I was against D-Hop and then y'all talked me into him and like now we're not even going to get it. So I'm like, I'm having a little bit of like emotional roller coaster happening right now, but it's okay. I accepted it about midway last week. I feel like we all knew this was dragging on too long. So we'll see what happens. There's still a lot of time left, like Boogie said, but it is what it is.
0: Are you talking about yeah. you. They talked Jason Dunn, said it, uh, it's been a whole hour. Talking me in the uh DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think okay, so okay, let's go realistic. I think we're gonna have to wait till June 1st when his cap hit is like eleven million instead of twenty two million or something like that. So can you be patient enough to wait till June first? I know Boogie I
1: know. can. I'm I'm talking to the rest of y'all. I know I can, man. Like it, I've said this for the longest with this off season, it's a marathon not a sprint. You know, it's it's like cooking something in the crock pot, you know, you got to slow cook these <laughs> things.
0: You got to simmer that <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, tell,
3: what do you think about
1: Odell, though? Tell? Listen, I mean, I'm all aboard getting Odell at the right price. That's what me. Like if you if you can get it down to maybe like 10 million maybe everybody's with some incentives for odell i'm thinking like six with incentives
0: we can get up to 10 million max me up to 10 million but if 15 ain't happening bro it ain't happening if this is new york giants odell
4: um for obj i'm thinking like six to eight He's been injured. We don't know what he's gonna bring. Like I get it, you're coming off a Super Bowl, but again, like that was two years ago, a year ago, I guess. Like no one really knows what he's gonna do. I, I don't know. He's kind of a he's kind of a diva. I don't I watch us sign him tomorrow, and he comes back. He's like, "You said I was a diva." Like but, I mean, um, I don't know. Yeah, like eight. I think it was like eight. Ten seems steep. I'll be honest.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I get it. I mean, six to eight. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, at the end of the day, if we can get them for like a bargain, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if even if it's not 10 million, if it's a little less than that, that's even that's even a bigger plus. But you know, we just see, man. Like I'm, I'm waiting for this stuff to play out. I just know one thing. I know we're gonna add another receiver through the draft. And speaking of that, let, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, I want, I don't want to talk about wide receivers first. <laughs> so, I think we all in agreement that JSN or Jordan Addison, they're going to be gone by the time the Chiefs select, right? We all in agreement on that. Yep. yep. All right. So, the next guy in line, this is a guy that you just did film on not too long ago, Dan. <laughs> uh, Zay Plowers from Boston College. Uh, I know you've been kind of big on him. Uh, Matt Lane from KSC Sports Network, shout out to him. He's been big on him. I've been seeing him tweet about him quite often. And a few of folks at Chiefs Kingdom been Big fans of Zay. Now, the way you described him was kind of like Tyreek Hill without the 4 2 speed. That's what I kind of got from, from, from your film breakdown. But I've seen enough of the kid, and the kid, he's definitely a hell of a ball player. Um, he runs routes pretty well. He knows how to separate and, like you mentioned, manipulate defenses and all that. Uh, but you did mention, like, he does have the gifts at times with drops, uh, kind of like how Tyreek did. Uh, he rounds his routes at times, kind of like how Tyreek did. So that's what I got of it from you, man. So, um, you mentioned that the Chiefs might be in a spot to maybe trade up for him. So, like in the twenties, if Brett Beach, if that's a guy that's Brett Beach is really looking at, uh, that that could be a a spot for him. Like, would you even consider trading up, Rosey, or are you just like you know you can get somebody else later on in the draft?
2: So I've come to the conclusion that you know I'm like halfway in on trading up for receiver because if you think about the top four receivers depending on how you view the receiver market because i have my own top four uh, it's different from the consensus uh, i have josh downs in my top four because i think he's a just a baller uh I, just, oh I love that dude so much um but if you if you separate the top four from everybody else in the draft and you say these are the guys we think on our draft board can come in and make it an immediate impact regardless of being in kansas city because we know that that typically doesn't happen very often then you say all right we know that the rest of the draft has developmental guys has scheme specific guys more wider 3 guys that's how i view the draft so you you say i'm gonna go get this guy that i believe will be a playmaker out of this draft one of the only ones that is in it from that viewpoint it makes a lot of sense From everything else, I'm more lenient to want to go deeper in the draft and get one of these guys on day two personally. But again, I'm okay trading up relatively high, 20, 25-ish area. I think the Giants will probably be taking a guy like Zay Flowers. He was just mocked to them by Jordan Reed. Considering the guys that they have, they have a ton of slot receivers now, uh, it would make sense for them to keep trying to add and throw bodies at, at wide receiver to get Daniel Jones, who they just overpaid, to be the quarterback for the next, you know, three years to get him more weapons. So I think you might have to get in front of the Giants to get a guy like Zay Flowers. But, you know, he does the biggest thing again, the manipulation. You don't have to be the best athlete in the world. You don't have to be the best ball winner. You don't have to catch the ball very well. You can get open in the NFL. You can make it on any team. And that's the difference and separates him from a lot of these guys is that no matter where he lands, he's going to be able to manipulate corners because of the way he runs and the way he gets in those blind spots of corners and the way that he can just always turn them whenever they feel they're in good position. He makes that and uses that against them. So I, I like Zay Flowers personally, again, trading up is still an maybe no kind of thing for me, but I definitely understand separating this, these top four guys and going to get one of them. So,
0: what, what about the because i'm i'm definitely i'm definitely in a camp of i don't want a wide receiver in the first round not because of the position, but i think edge might be even mm-hmm. even with the losses that we taken i think edge still might be the bigger priority to me yeah. um what about in the second third fourth round is there is there some guys that may not get the shine or the name or the spotlight
2: on them, but they still are capable of coming in this offense and being a player. Oh, there's there's lots of guys that can do that for you. Like my big guy, like I just talked about um, Downs, but you'd have to get him at 31. I don't think he'll be um, there around when you go when the Chiefs are picking in the 60s. But there's one guy who's probably going to be a midday two pick probably going in the third round. Jaden Reed, who's a, you know, 5'11", 180-plus pounds, he runs a lot of the same type of route tree that I think that I saw from Zay Flowers. He's a bit more, he's a bit bigger. He also has immediate return impact on special teams, but he's got that manipulation to him as well. He might not be the fastest downfield guy. You don't need the fastest downfield guy. You've got MVS running wind sprints on the other side of the field anyway. He doesn't have to do all that for him. He just has to be able to get open and manipulate guys. And again, I've come back to this because, in a draft class like this, I think it's important to separate guys that you know have the ability to get open just about anywhere, whatever spot they're put in. He's got experience on the outside, in the slot, at the Z. so We can play all those different positions already in Kansas City, and we know that Andy Reid values that. So he's a guy I've had my eye on since the Senior Bowl. He was routing up everybody one-on-one. He was literally open almost every single play. I loved watching that. And again, he can also go get the football, has sound hands. And the catch to attack from him is really, really, really sound. He catches the ball and knows where the space is in the defense to attack it. So the acceleration, the hands, and the manipulation factor, again, for me, Jaden Reed's there. There's going to be some other guys later as well. Jonathan Mingo is a bigger 6'2", 220-pound receiver out of Ole Miss. The question with Mingo is that – a little, just a lot like Jalen Hyatt and these, these offenses that run really schemed and gimmicky offenses that are just half-field reads where the receivers don't have a huge route tree and they don't really learn to play receiver. And that's the big question with guys out of Tennessee, with, even with Cedric Tillman to an extent. What's their route tree going to be like in the NFL? Quentin Johnston, their route tree is is extremely diminished So you have a really great athlete, a big athlete in Jonathan Mingo, who's really explosive after the catch as well. What's he going to look like in the NFL? So you get someone like that in Kansas City who has, you know, probably not the extent of a route tree. Like Tyree Kill, for example, was a running back coming out of college. They were able to get him developed into a route tree. You see that as well a little bit in Kansas City. Uh, Some of their guys don't necessarily come in and know how to run that route tree, but I think they do a good job of developing that. The problem for me is some of these guys just don't have more upside to take that route to other places, but I, I think Mingo has a ton of that upside as well. So those are two guys that I think you can get probably in the third round. Mingo might trend upwards towards the beginning of that third round, but those are two guys that I like on, on the second round – in, in the, on, excuse me, on day two that can be really impactful in this offense.
3: Dad, I like Josh also. He seems like we would utilize him a lot in the slot. Do you see – if we was to draft him, do you see that stunt Scott Moore's broke? How we utilize him?
2: Yeah, so I think one of the bigger things about this slot only players in the NFL is today's NFL, they aren't really only slot players anymore. Like this is you're not gonna get a ton of physical press man coverage on the outside. Teams play 60-65% zone. Okay, you might get a, a press look on the outside, but if you can't get touched, what is it? What's that going to matter? And Josh Downs, from a short area quickness standpoint, hand usage within his route stem. And the, for those of you that don't know, the route stem is that first like five yards where they're setting up their route. That that vertical stem. That's why they call it the stem. It's that first part of the flower. That that first part. The, how do you set yourself up? How do you deal with coverage and how do you deal with physicality within that stem? You can't touch Josh Downs. His hips are so fluid. His ankles are so good. His hand work is great. That it's hard to get hands on him. But you can also play him on the slot. You can play him with the Z, where he has natural separation, and you can get him into those routes early. So you, if you really wanted to, in Kansas City, for example, you have Marquez, who we know is not going to create separation. Just have him run at, at the X, which they did a lot last year. Just run down the field. Get the middle of the field open for everybody else. You could even have Kadarius Tony do that too from the, from the Z, which they did a lot, and they had him run just up the sideline, and they would throw some back shoulder throws to him, some jump balls to him. But you can open up the middle of the field for a guy like Josh Downs. for you know, They do it for Travis Kelsey, Kelsey, for Sky Moore, to be able to do all that stuff. So you can really play these smaller guys in the NFL On the outside, more frequently because of how they've adapted in playing wide receiver at the college level, there's so much more seven on seven has really exploded how wide receivers have developed, not just in peewee, but high school and in college, they come into college really knowing how to separate how to create separation and how to be able to keep you know corners off of them in that press coverage so downs from a a physical standpoint isn't imposing he plays so much bigger than he is because of the way he attacks the ball the way he can get off of press even from the outside receiver position and then just he's just physical he's a physical dude and I love that about him
0: so so Dan say that we stay as we are currently constructed so uh Tony NBS guy um who am I missing What's, what's the other wide receiver we have? I mean, I mean you're Justin, not
1: missing anybody. Justin Watson. Nah. Maybe.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs>
0: <Yeah.
2: it. laughs> okay, so just. You got some practice squad guys, but I mean.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. The Ross brothers.
2: The Ross brothers. Yeah, the
1: Ross. Okay,
0: say yeah. we stay as we are con- currently constructed. What, what do you feel like is the need to add to that wide receiver group with what we already have? What, 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 what? what specific talent do they need to fill in to what we already had
2: for me is that I, a, I, I don't know if I worded that right but no i understand what you're trying to say what complements the rest of the wide receiver group yeah yeah thank you <laughs> you know it's I'm a big aesthetic guy when it comes to receiver rooms and I I it's because of Calvin Johnson Calvin Johnson ruined wide receiver for me so like I came into doing all this I'm like mm-hmm. I want me a six five guy that can move that can run away from everybody it's <laughs> not really the NFL anymore. Like that's just not going to happen. These unicorns don't come around. So I see Jonathan Mingo, and I'm like, this guy's six two. He's 220 pounds. He's fast. He's explosive. I like that kind of thing. But I think what you're looking for is playmakers. You don't need to have a size type. You don't need to have a big guy. You don't have to go for a short, shifty guy that can only play because he's, he can't play anywhere else, <laughs> because he can't play on the outside, because he can't get off a of press, because he can't separate down the field. You just need guys that can get open, and I think that's why Sky Moore was drafted last year, because the I think he was the heir apparent to Juju Schuster. Look what Juju got. And the Chiefs were like, we don't, we're not going to pay you, because we have Sky Moore, who we believe can take over for your role. So they do a lot of role players. They brought the entire tight end room back they have a bunch of tight ends. They're probably going to even draft another one. Uh, the Chiefs are shifting, in my opinion, and I've talked about this all offseason, to more of a positionless weapon offense. I They don't care. They want talent, okay? Whether it's tight end, whether it's wide receiver, whether it's running backs, if they can find ways to utilize you and get you in matchup problems, they can bring a, a smaller guy, like, say, a Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati, really fast guy down the field he can he's got some change of direction as well so Trey Palmer out of Nebraska these are smaller shiftier guys with a ton of yak ability if they can match the, them up in the slot on a linebacker or in a reduced split on a linebacker or even out wide against someone who's a bit bigger lung, clunkier in the way they move and I'm not trying to pick on them but Trevor is for an example you get one of these smaller guys on Traverius Ward, he, he's going to get out, out a round of him unless he gets hands on him, which typically doesn't happen. So that kind of, that feel of cornerback, it's all about matchup problems. So you get talented receivers, you know, it doesn't matter. I think Marvin Mims is, is also an option, a, a, deep, a deep threat, but, you know, Josh Downs type of player and things like that. You can find ways to get the matchups you're looking for that complement the offense. So as we saw last year, Andy Reid doesn't need to have playmakers everywhere. They managed to... The best offense in the NFL with just finding ways to exploit matchups, and they did that well in the Super Bowl. So, just all it is is for them, it's just about playmakers and how they can fit into what Andy wants to do, and they can usually do it with anybody. Yeah, so we move on you to brought up uh, 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 real quick,
4: real quick. Sorry, like the Chiefs are moving into like a positionless uh, offense. Do you feel like you could see them drafting a tight end? I've seen a few people say it, but. I'm on Twitter, wherever, here and there, talk about it. But do you feel like that's something that you could see them going after early on? Knowing that Kelsey is aging, knowing that there is that, not that he's Mm -hmm. any less of a guy than he was, but you know what I mean?
2: I think if somebody fell into their lap, they'd be hard-pressed to, you know, to not draft them. But I think with four tight ends in the room, bringing back bringing back Blake Bell, that says, all right, we either have our eyes on a day three guy or we're really comfortable with where, where we are at tight end. But, you know, Jody Fortson's got a one-year one year deal. And Blake Bell has a one-year deal. So that at least tells me that they will be eyeing tight end, whether it's going to be on day two or day three. I, I tend to lean towards day three. When you got Zach Coons out of Ultimate Manion, there's a guy, uh, Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan. These are going to be guys that are l- later day three guys. Dennis Allen out of... Clemson I believe uh, so there's a lot of talent at the tight end pool here so I think that they're going to be drafting one I'm just not sure where I, I would imagine round probably round four they have a couple picks there that I think they could get a weapon an athlete that they're going to look to bring into that room
1: yeah Kyle's saying is big facts on that tight end the tight end classes uh, in the future but um I want to there's like I want to talk about before we move on to a different uh, position or whatever I want to talk about this kid Trey Palmer out of Nebraska That's a guy that I've been kind of eyeing. Like, maybe he might be there, um, maybe in the third round. uh, If he doesn't get picked up late in the second round, Um, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he was the fastest receiver in the combine. Correct me if I'm wrong, or he could have been one of the fastest. Um, You know, I like his vertical. Yeah. But uh, I like his vertical speed. I like his ability to, you know, get over the top. You know, he can run the deep overs, you know, he can flatten routes. Um, but my thing my thing is this um what do you how do you see him fitting in this offense It's just in general
2: oh well, i mean i, I think i, I think I painted a good picture of how just about any receiver you can fit into but i think trey Palmer when it comes to the nuances of the wide receiver position much like rakeem Jarrett out of maryland these guys are they're he they're, what, they're about six foot six six one i think both of them are on the six foot they're under 200 pounds and for Trey Palmer he's at that 192 mark. So he's still he's still in, in really good BMI, really good size in terms of what you're looking for at that wide receiver position, but you know, ran a 433 at the combine and that's deep speed it's, it's real speed, but I, I, again, that's for me he does not do well with contact. And it's not just at the at the press point, it's through the route. And when you don't have the nuances of playing wide receiver, like when you watch Zay Flowers and when you watch Josh Downs and when you watch some of these top guys like Jordan Addison that can manipulate corners, they don't need guys to give them cushion because they can beat them with manipulation how they move their hips how they move their hips uh how they move their shoulders how they position their head all that stuff matters and i don't think trey palmer right now has all that so that's doesn't have that's why he's not going on day one or two so it's all about how you can take a guy on day three which the chiefs have not really been able to do outside of tyree kill and develop him to be able to do that if you're just drafting him to throw into your offense and use the way he is, he's gonna come in, be a slot and gadget player immediately. And then you kind of hope. I think year one, that's what you'll see. And then it would the, really the decision maker for me on a guy like Trey Palmer would be year two. What's he doing on year two? How is he his how is he moving? Is he using any of this nuanced talk that we're talking about? And can he manipulate corners and, and, and can he get open? And can he run a route tree? So they can make anything work, and I think Trey Palmer is a nice, you know, a nice throw on day three to come in and say you have, you have talent, and we have other guys in our offense that actually they already know how to run the route tree and how to run in this offense. So we'll come in, we'll bring you in, we'll throw you some some screens, kind of run the McColl Hardman role, and that is a that's a role in this offense that can really be utilized for guys like Trey Palmer with that four three speed. So I, I'm I'm definitely on board with bringing in some of these guys to run a McColl Hardman role. I don't expect Trey Palmer to develop past that, in my opinion. Yeah, okay. Before we get right. off the
3: receivers, Jalen Hyatt, a lot of people compare him to Deshaun Jackson. You know Andy Reid drafted Deshaun Jackson. What do you think about that? I don't see it. I'm going to be – <laughs> I mean, we have MBS. Is he too similar to MBS? What do you think about him?
2: So I'll be, as, I'll be as I'll be as nice as I can because I've talked about Jalen Hyatt quite a bit. And I usually get a little over the top with it. So Jalen Hyatt is an extremely good. He's a really fast, bursty receiver that can get behind the defense, and he has good ball tracking and good ball skills down the field. That's pretty much where it ends. He can't. My big problem with him at Tennessee was they threw Cedric Tillman, who's a six-three not as fast athlete, ton of quick screens, a ton of them, and a ton of wide receiver screens. And they didn't want to do that with, with Jen Hyatt. That bothers me. Like a guy who's basically a slot and is a really, really fast guy. They didn't want to throw him. They didn't want to get him in space. That tells me he doesn't have the change of direction. I wish I can tell you. He doesn't, he doesn't have run quick routes. He can't get in and out of his breaks quickly enough to make guys miss in space. He also goes down on first contact far more than I'd like to see. So, For a guy who is being, you know, likened to Deshaun Jackson, he also only ran a four four. That's still fast. It's still really, really fast. Uh, But the acceleration, I don't see from Jalen Hyatt to compare to a guy like Deshaun Jackson. Because while Deshaun Jackson didn't have like a what four two Tyree kill speed, he was on these guys like a blink. He was gone, and I don't see that from Jalen Hyatt. So the build, he's more, he's not like build up, build up speed. It's more like in between that acceleration 0-60 before you can really think about it. He's in between that and build-up speed. So I like him from a deep threat perspective, but I can't draft him in the first round. He's not a complete receiver. And I think that the questions coming from that Tennessee offense where it is just a ton of stat formations split out wide and he's in the slot with 10 yards of separation on him and the big plays, like if you go watch the Alabama game. This is why everyone's like Jalen Hyatt had such a great Alabama game. Alabama did not for whatever it is, did not respect his speed. They didn't respect it. They kept bringing safeties down. They kept bringing all these guys up to not like up to the line of scrimmage, but they were bringing both their safeties down. Every time that happened, they just sent Jalen Hyatt on a go route and said, go just go run by him because they don't care that you're there. And they gave him 10, 15 yards of separation at the line. So I, I don't know. It's a lot of gimmicky stuff that did at Tennessee, and the fact that they didn't use him in some of these—you know—just give him a jet sweep, just give him some wide receiver screens, let him do some stuff after the catch because he's so fast—that bothers, bothers me.
4: Last,
0: last thing on the on the wide receivers. I'm sorry, Dan. Um, oh, no, good. This is my jam. Are the days of <laughs> yeah, I got one um, go myself. And how Andy Reid drafts are the days of a Macklin type, a Deshaun Jackson type. uh, a Todd Pinkston type or Freddie Mitchell are those days dead and he's just really like you said he's just going after pure talent at these at this point or does he still kind of have
2: like a mold or certain things he wants to fit you know what I'm saying yeah I mean McCall Hardman was that that's what I think he compares a little bit more towards what Deshaun Jackson did Deshaun Jackson was bigger obviously and had better ball skills downfield, but they're, they're pretty relatively close in what they did and what they offered. Um, probably more in the later career for Deshaun Jackson because in the middle he was he was different. <laughs> he was just a different player um, yeah, he, when he was at his peak. He was he was something different, and he had that that ankle flexion. He could just work guys one way and then break out the other way. McColl never got to that point, but I still think that there he's gonna see that type of slender speed guy that he will still want to use. I mean, MVS is essentially that. That's what he is in this offense. He's tall, he's lanky, he does not attack the ball well in the air, which bothers the crap out of me for a guy who's six four. Uh, um right. <laughs> I
1: hate
2: this. So, oh, yeah. I hate that. It's definitely it's definitely <laughs> still well and well and alive in this offense. And I think if they, they find someone that has that on top of being able to move a little bit, wiggle in the hips and that ankle flexion to be able to get. Down low and sink your hips. I think they'll definitely be going after him. What well, if not this year? After MVS is not on, in Kansas City anymore. Okay. Well, I got
1: one more guy before we move on. Um, this is the this guy, Rasheed Rice. Uh, he played with Shane Michelle yeah. at SMU for a bit. He came in for a visit with the Chiefs. So, I mean, what do you think of what do you think of this guy?
2: Rasheed Rice is a uh, frustrating watch because you can see that he's got talent, and he just. Couldn't put it together. Again, SMU is another high-powered passing offense offense, where they don't really ask their receivers to run a full route tree. So that's frustrating. You have a lot of curls, a lot of slants, a lot of goes. Not a lot much else from Rasheed Rice, but you can see the potential. There was a play here. I don't even remember who it was, but I saw him catch a wide receiver screen, and he spun out of three separate tackles. And I'm just like, that's, that's what I want to see from it from him. He's got, he's got some athletic juice to him. He had an up and down senior bowl. Again, he is going to be a little bit older. He's uh, I think he's 22 years old coming into the, into the draft. So he's got less time to really develop his, his tools in Kansas city in terms of what people will see as a bust. But that, that, that kind of comes along with Skymore as well who played in Western Michigan didn't run a ton of different routes, and I think that we could see with him. He's got a lot of uh, useful tools. His combine was much better than I expected, which, and I've also heard that he was playing through injury this last year, which would make sense considering how well he tested. I didn't see that explosiveness; it was really inconsistent in his game. But there's a lot of yak potential there. He is a very willing blocker. Andy Reid loves himself some wide receivers that can block and want to block, and that's just something that he he just can't say no to. So he does make those spectacular spectacular catches they are littered all over his tape he every game he's got one of those why can't you do this more why don't they throw the ball to you more in these situations like you see one-on-one coverage give him a chance why not he can go get it he's got really nice vertical ability with the ball he attacks it in the air you don't see him drop a ton of those balls he does have some random like what the hell dude The hitch in the hands. like It's frustrating. He's a frustrating watch because there's talent there. There's vertical speed. There's moments of him getting out of his stance, exploding off the ball. And then there's some where he's just like waltzing out there. So I can't tell if the offense is limiting his overall ability. Or if it's just kind of a, a in a headspace thing for him, but getting in Kansas City with a you know a championship mentality can change some of the mental aspects from a lot of these younger receivers that don't really know how to win. So uh, I like the fit because again, you can play him at the X, at the Z, at the slot, and he can do all of those, fill all those roles. Route tree needs some expansion, and he needs to really buy into what he's doing and what the coaches are selling to get the most out of him. Okay. No, let's, go let's on, move on, let's to go on, on to the picture. next one.
1: Where
0: we going now? We're going. Yes, yeah, let's, let's go, go to the edge. All yeah, right. let's get to the edge.
1: It's three, it's edge. three,
0: it's it's like four guys, Dan. Yeah. Dead, dead, dead. Will McDonald, Felix, BJ, and the other dude. I cannot pronounce his name. I'm not gonna the even do, try. The started,
1: the yeah, the double A kid yeah 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 i ain't gonna even AA try, gonna even try. The double a he's the double a energizer bunny that's what we're gonna call him <laughs> we got on the way the energizer bunny yeah the double a energizer
0: bunny <laughs> batteries man oh okay the double yeah okay because it's double a yeah double a energizer um, batteries. um bj did <laughs> apparently bj did horrible at his uh pro mm-hmm. day yesterday um does that eliminate him out of that group? Or are you still out of those four? Are those the top guys, or are those fits?
2: Well, Will McDonald and B.J. Ogilari are not Kansas City fits. They're just not. So if they, I'll say with it, I'll say this: last year, after the Super Bowl win, Chris Jones singled out Joe Cullen in how he got better and how the defensive line got better. If they want to lean into more of letting him have a little bit of personal a personnel control, that would bring a Will McDonald or a B.J. Ojolari into the picture, because he drafted Josh Allen in in the in a Jacksonville. So there is that type of body type. The problem is that. I don't think Steve Spagnuolo is going to relinquish any of that. (laughs) He sees like Tyree Wilson. He sees guys like Keon White, like my guy, Derek Hall. And he's like, give me some of those big body dudes. Like, that's what I want. I want long. I want powerful. I want some guys that can do that. Zach Harrison comes to mind too, who I can't stand, by the way. Um, But that's (laughs) neither here nor there. But, you know, Will McDonald, an extremely versatile pass rusher. You can line him up all over the uh, offensive line, defensive line. Excuse me. And just just say go go after he the quarterback a lot because the quarterback. More, like a lot of these guys they don't get proper utilization in college he needed to be off the edge rushing the passer consistently but much like a lot of a lot of defenses it's like hey you're athletic you're fast go 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 on coverage no stop doing this let these guys develop what they're gonna be on Sundays you know, we, we all watched the Eagles this this year Hassan reddick was terrorizing everybody. Let Will McDonald, let PJ Ojulari just rush the passer. They can figure it out from a, a defensive a run defense standpoint. PJ Ojulari cannot stop the run. By the way, he is so awful. He just he has no he has no functional strength to be able to hold up against tackles. So again, that probably takes him off the Chiefs board. Will McDonald also cannot stop the run. Physical strength, all these things don't have a lot of transition to what the Chiefs want at their defensive end. So those two guys, at least the way that they have drafted defensive end consistently over the course of Steve Spagnuolo's reign as the defensive coordinator, that they, they don't fit. So I don't mean to rain on all y'all's parade with these guys. That's just what I see.
1: Oh, you good, man. You're good. Uh, actually I like shaming, shaming doing... Yeah, I got a what question I... that you mentioned about uh, Joe Colin and Steve Spagnuolo. Like, how much pull does Joe Colin Cullen have in the defensive room as far as like making like defensive line personnel decisions, or is it still all spags with We're going to
2: find out in this draft. We're going to find out. Even if it's not on day one, if they don't, even if they don't draft a smaller bendier speed guy on day one, watch day three, they have picks. They have tons of picks. Usually we see the Joshua Kandos as the developmental edge guys. Okay. If they go into, the, in, into day three, and I haven't done a ton of extensive review on the guys on day three that are small and fast, okay? So we're, we'll get there when we get there. I got I got the big names up in my, my feed right now. That's pretty much what I got, uh, day one and two. But if they do end up taking some of these guys that are speed, speed, speed guys off the edge that have that ability to just kind of bend and get around the corner, that's how we're going to see because maybe they're giving him a little bit of leeway with the developmental guys. That's where it starts, I think. I don't know if they're ready to just let him go off and just draft whoever he wants, but he, they might. I, they might. I would personally because I think what he did with the defensive end group, with the defensive tackles, Mike Dana had his best season as an NFL player this year. I think that he has earned enough pull with the defensive staff, with Andy Reid to say, I'm going to be coaching the defensive line. I'm going to be doing everything essentially give me a little pull. So we'll see. This is this is going to be a draft that kind of sets up how they end up drafting defensive ends, and I really think they need more. I think you, you all know I've a pound on the table for speed. guys off the edge. Since the very first year Steve Spagnolo came to Kansas City, so I'm very hopeful.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the local kid, Felix Anodike Uzoma. Okay, so how do you see his fit here in this uh, defensive scheme? Wait a minute. Say his name again. Felix Felix Angelique Uzoma.
2: Yeah, I think that's about right. Learned that. I'm
1: uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I just shocked the, myself.
2: We all just that call him boy, Felix. Out here. I never say that.
1: <laughs> Felix the cat. Right. I, we'll just call him <laughs> that. Felix the cat. This is my. I just got George down. Guys.
2: i know I ain't getting that. this is actually one of my guys now like i I watched his tape earlier from this season and i was like okay i i get the length there i don't necessarily see the size but he he measured he tested well in those regards and then i went back to 2021 and i was like this guy's different this is a much different player than this last year apparently he's also playing through injury almost all of 2022 which impacted his explosion impacted a little bit of his Power, his speed to power specifically, because when you don't have that get off, like he, I'm pretty sure he was dealing with a lower body injury. And when you have those lower body injuries, and you're a guy who it's kind of a tweener, but also has that raw power from your get off and your long arm, he's got that that length to him as well. You don't have all that when you have a lower body injury, so it takes a little bit away from your ability to collapse a pocket. So you're constantly trying to beat guys off the edge with your your burst and then your bend. And he's not the bendiest guy in the world. He's a good athlete, but he has ability to sidestep inside we, we talk about counters for defensive ends a lot counters are basically what you, you do to set up a tackle so say you're a fast guy off the edge and you want to set your tackle up to beat him inside you're gonna go around 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 get him to set really deep in his stance and then you're gonna hit him with a get off with a first step speed and then you just kind of use your 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 feet and your ankles to tiptoe back inside. When you create that gigantic B-gap on the inside of the tackle, you can beat him across his face. That's basically what he likes to do a lot. He wants to get these guys sitting out and sitting in and use that long arm to get them out into their stance and then beat them across their face with the, um, some, some speed. He's got that to his game. I like to see that from him. The strength, the power is all there. Again, that length is very specific for Kansas City at defensive end. And Felix has... All those tools, and I still think he has, with his frame, ability to put on more weight and get into that 265, 270 range where he can still have that explosion. But we all know that Steve Bagnolo loves to have his guys around 265, 270 pounds. Um, but we also saw Frank Clark being the most impactful he was in his entire career in Kansas City at 255. So what do I know? I don't know. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just here. I'm just the messenger. Just the messenger. So uh, I, I like Felix quite a bit, and he he absolutely fits in in this defense. <laughs> there we go. Well, Julie, I, that's right. Mama Felix.
4: <laughs> So you may have already said this, but I'm getting storms here and I keep freezing. So if I freeze up, that's why, but did you already talk about miles Murphy?
2: I did not talk about miles Murphy yet. Will you talk not.
4: about miles Murphy? Cause he's someone that I'm kind of high on.
2: Yeah. I, I like miles Murphy. And I think he might be one of the odd guys out, at least in the top, top two or three. I think he's, Probably the third defensive end on a lot of guys' boards, but is he going to be a top ten pick? I'm not sure. I actually, I don't think he'll be a top ten pick. And when you have Will Anderson and there's more talks about Jalen Carter sliding because of whatever's going off on the field, there you might see a ton corners and quarterbacks. There might be four quarterbacks going in the top ten this year. So I still think Miles Murphy ends up as a top fifteen pick, but if he starts sliding out there, then you really start to think about trading up for this guy because. He's an extremely high-effort player. We know that's that's like Steve Spagnuolo's calling card. His love language. He loves high-effort guys that have that pad level. He has the athletic ability. I think he's a better athlete than a lot of people do, based off of his tape. But you know, that's kind of more of a preference thing. And if you don't, he doesn't have that bend like that elite bend all the time. Like you go back to 2021, and you could see a couple of instances of him just kind of bending the edge with his size. Didn't see a whole lot of that this last year, but he, I don't have all of Clemson defense tape. And that's one of the bigger problems with right now is trying to be a complete film analyst and not have all the tape accessible in I'm looking at you, figure it out. Uh, but he does like to guess, especially in the run game. He's like, I'm just going to go into this gap. And then he gets washed out. Like that's something we see Chris Jones Used to do in his earlier career. He would guess and try to, try to jump behind the, the offensive line, make a play in the backfield. Sometimes you just get washed out. So I, I do like what Miles Murphy brings. He can rush from a two, a three, and a four point stance. He has a multiple array of pass rush packages. His plan isn't all the way there yet, but he has the spin, a slap, rip, long arm, push, pull. He disengages well. Again, that effort is just off the charts. And I like he, that he adjusts his game as it goes along. So he uses a pass rush move for a little while to set up. We can talk a little bit about those counters to set up a tackle, and then he will change his game as a tackle adjusts to keep them on their edge. So I liked to see that from him again. He's one of my, uh, my top two. He's actually my, my number two defensive end in this class. So I'm pretty high on him. I don't think he'll be in the chief's range, but again, you never really know what happens in a draft. So you see teams start reaching for tackles, start reaching for maybe wide receivers and quarterbacks and corners. He could end up falling. Yes,
3: yeah, what, so, uh, so, what, what do you think about Hold on, hold on. No, Smith, I like what I heard from him. What do you think about him
2: again? He's in that same mold with you know, Will McDonald and the other smaller guys. But I, I personally think he's going to be a top 15 pick. I think he's also gonna be a top 15. He probably jumped Miles Murphy. That was the other guy that I couldn't think of for the life of me that is that may jump Miles Murphy and bring him continue to bring him down. And that's why you know that's why you never really know. Like these guys, Nolan Smith is probably going to remind a lot of people of Hassan Reddick. And people are going to see like, look look what the Eagles did with on Reddick, and they're going to use him in that way. He's so raw as a player, but he's so strong for a smaller guy. He's a really good run defender. And you don't see a lot of guys his size that have that ability to stay with their hips down and engage a tackle and actually set an edge. You don't see it very often. So teams are going to watch that. They're going to see his testing, and they're going to be like, we can make this work. So whether it's top 15, top 12, uh, I think he's going to go that high, and that will also push Miles Murphy down. So, again, it's such a fun thing to think about, and that athletic ability. I mean, he ran faster than the defensive ends and, excuse me, the running backs. Like, he was just flying out there. So he's explosive, he's quick, he's bendy, and he's strong. Teams are going to love that.
4: Do you enjoy Um, draft season more than regular season?
2: I don't enjoy it more than regular season. Regular season is still my jam, but I I, I love talking about film. Like, this is what I – Yeah. you guys can probably tell why I do what I do. Like, this is it's so much fun just talking about guys.
4: Yeah, I yeah. love that. You um, can tell. You're really into it. I like
1: that. I like that. Yeah, I we... tell myself. So, like, I want to talk about somebody that you did review – uh, not too long ago on RGR football, Derek Hall. Now, this was a guy that Willie Gay was pounding the table for mm-hmm. on Instagram not too long ago. He was like, please, please, just begging Brett Beast to select him if he's available in the draft. Um, you know, I saw I saw some good things on tape then. Of course, you see some of the flaws with some of his um, pass rush moves and like his plan as far as like the pass rush goes. But the motor's there, the effort's there. He's got great close of speed and all that. And I think you mentioned he kind of has a similar body type to Frank Clark. I'm not saying not exactly, but, mm-hmm. you know, the measurements and all that stuff. So, like, overall, I mean, where do you see Derek Hall as a player if he does get selected here in Kansas City?
2: <sighs> Derek Hall was my first draft crush of the season. Like, I watched him at Auburn <laughs> I was like – this dude looks like a Kansas city chief. I just, you see the length, the power, <clears throat> excuse me. He's even got more get off speed than George Carl does. People think that Carl had a good first step coming out. You guys probably know how I feel about that. Um, but I'm happy. He was able to be productive. He started to get it. And now we're seeing him work with Tom Bahali, getting his hands, right? Like, that's the kind of stuff that I, that I love. It's like, you get, you got stuff you have to work on. Do it. You don't see a lot of guys just attack the things that they're not very good at, and I love to see that George is doing that. So you can, if you were to draft Derek Hall and put him next to next to him, you you have two guys that can actually collapse a pocket. I just think that Derek Hall's more explosive of a player. He actually showed a little bit more bend, not a lot because he's not a bendy dude. He's not one of these guys that are gonna pull a ghost move in the middle of of, of game. It's just not gonna happen. Those are your three, four outside linebackers are your Nolan Smiths. So you're not going to see that from him, but he even talked about during the senior bowl, working on his inside counters. Another guy that is very self-aware that knows what he has to work on going to be a little bit older, but unfortunately, you know, Brett Veach apparently has a a type in the first round. They don't like to draft guys that are over older, older than 21. So I'm hoping that uh, maybe they make an, exception for Derek Hall who is a senior but at the same time I don't think Derek Hall is going to be a first round pick um, I would personally feel more comfortable taking him at 31 than a lot of people do because I'm very confident in his arms his his in terms of his pass rush moves his long arm is more of a go-to he really really likes to go all in on the power game just got to get away from that a little bit use your first step it's really explosive you know he ran a four, ran a four or like a 444 at the combine and he had one of the most explosive 10yard splits of all the defensive ends that's there it shows up on tape and i don't understand what people were saying they couldn't see the first step with it. and i'm like it's right there and now he puts it on the combine to show you that he's explosive so guy who can set the edge guesses a little bit too at times he can get a little too high with his shoulder pads which lets tackles into his chest a little bit but he got he's talked about working on those inside counters so i'm a big fan of his but again it's probably going to be more of a Trade up in the second round for this kind of guy. I don't think he's going to be a first round pick. Even though, personally, I would. There's a um, there's a kid,
0: and and I did take notes. I just want y'all to know that, but I, I don't <laughs> have it. Um, I think his name is Dexter. Dexter something. He might be out of Florida. He's
2: like a uh, defensive Dexter? tackle guy. Yep.
1: Yep. What's his yep. name?
2: Gervin Dexter. Uh,
1: yeah, Gervin Dexter. How
2: you feel about that kid? Oh, man. I love the kid. I love that kid. He's so frustrating. <laughs> he's oh, so really? frustrating, man. It, it, <laughs> anyway. I, want, I want you to do this more often because he's so inconsistent. He's routinely the last guy off the ball, even though he's explosive, an explosive athlete. Routinely, he just kind of lazily gets through his pass rush plan. He He's got a lot of power, and you can see him take on double teams at times and not get moved. also see him get absolutely washed back behind the linebackers at times you you see him just blow by some of these guards and centers with his speed and quickness his short area ability and then you see him just kind of put his chest into him and just kind of like do this and he's just so inconsistent but when he puts it together he's the most talented I won't say he's the most because Jalen Carter is in this draft, but he might be the second most de- uh, talented defensive tackle in the entire class. From what he does when he puts it all together, it's just so inconsistent that he does not have that killer mentality that it looks like. So that that does bother me to an extent. And when you don't have that as defensive tackle, who is more athletic than ninety percent of the offensive line, when you're going to go go you're going to go against and you should dominate, it it tends to impact me in that way. So he ended up being my. Uh, defensive tackle five before my my grades are all finalized. But again, the athletic ability when he locks out his arms, they're not going anywhere. Like it's it's over. He he just completely can dominate from a physical standpoint, from an athletic and a speed <clears throat> standpoint. That he just needs to put it together. So if you think he's in Kansas City, we have a they have a perfect defensive tackle. I don't know if you guys know Chris Jones to really help him learn the ropes of how to use that that length and that athletic build. So he was visiting Kansas City as a top 30 visit, if I'm not mistaken. So the talent is there. It's all about getting it out of him. And I think, again, we talked about championship room and, and having that championship mentality. If he were to be drafted in Kansas city, it's a good place to learn, to learn about that and to watch the guys that have done it and to let him get some of that experience.
0: Is it, is it, is it play to play or is it a level of competition
2: or is it game to game or is just always inconsistent? Every every game I watched, he just pops oh. in and out of being dominant. He just, you have like three or four, maybe five snaps a game where he just dominates guys and then he just kind of, I don't know, disappears. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I was asked about them the them
0: kid
2: from Western Kentucky. Kind of I'll be very <laughs> honest with you. I don't have any Western Kentucky phone. I have none. <laughs>
1: Well, maybe I was gassed up about the uh, Dexter film, the Dexter Combine. Maybe that's why I got a little excited. Cause I feel like if he does become a Chief, let's say the Chiefs mm-hmm. do take a chance on him, I feel like with Joe Cohen's coaching, uh, Chris Jones' presence, like you mentioned, I feel like he, he can get rid of some of those inconsistencies that he kind of had in college. That's how I feel about it, just based on his natural ability.
2: Yeah, that's that, that that's exactly yeah. what the Kansas City would do too. They would be like, "Yeah, this dude has a ton of talent. We can we can groom him. We can raise all that out of him." So yeah, I think that's the idea of taking some of these athletic upside guys. It doesn't always work out, but it's all about for me for those athletic guys. It's about the mentality, and if you don't have it, you don't have it. They would they would find out in the interviews. It's probably why they had him in Kansas City, honestly. To they know he's athletic. They want to get interviews done to see. How he answers questions, how he goes about his business, and how he can deal with some of that in the room. Kylie is either frozen or asleep. Oh, she's
4: frozen.
1: <laughs> oh, no, oh, that storm cut through. That storm cut through.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was in and out for a second, but I think the storm has finally passed. No, I was just listening. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> there she go. There she go. All right, cool. I'm so. back. I'm um, here. Dan, um, okay. we kind of had that same knock on Chris Jones too or early that he would bit, take yeah. plays off and he wasn't really practicing hard or you know things like that. Um, that. That that further you know tells me that he can help this guy if he he was in that same. Did you have those same concerns about Chris Jones?
2: I, I did. I wasn't doing this when Chris Jones was drafted, so unfortunately, oh, okay. I don't have. Uh, I don't have that. Okay. okay. Yeah,
0: it was rumors that he used to take plays off, and you know, yeah, we heard uh, that like when two he first years came
2: ago in Kansas
1: City too. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we heard that this past season, like the Ringless Bandits that should not be named, you know, was claiming they took no? off a bunch of plays, and <laughs> right, right? Ringless, but, yeah, exactly. But anyway, uh, I got one more guy I want to talk about real quick. Uh, I'm gonna try to pronounce his name: a Adawari.
0: That's the kid worried. I was talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, out of Northwestern. Okay, so what do you think what do you think about him?
2: He's kind of a, a tough eval. I don't again I don't have a ton of tape on him, but what I've seen, he's like a tweener. Okay. And when you have these guys that are defensive tackles or defensive ends, it's hard to know what they're gonna be in the NFL. And I think specifically when you look at what he was able to do with the combine, I mean this dude was unreal. I'm gonna try and find his combine numbers here there we go this is like i, I for right now i think i have him listed at a, a defensive tackle but he's six because he's six two two hundred and eighty two pounds so you have mm. that that body type and you're like okay you have the strength we know that the, the strength is there but you're at at a place in northwestern where you never really did anything like his he didn't do a ton until he got to the senior bowl and then people are like hey th- this guy's powerful he's athletic what's going on and that's that raises some questions there <laughs> is some questions about why um maybe just because northwestern's awful and you didn't like being there i don't know that happens to a lot of t- a lot of a lot of kids that come out they, they don't necessarily have the drive in college like for me i didn't have the drive plan football in high school because I knew I was going to the military. I didn't try as hard as I could have because I was like, okay, half checked out. I'm not going to be doing this and in college. So why should I try hard? Sometimes I think that can negatively impact production on the field for some of these college guys who are like, am I going to get drafted? Am I going to get noticed because I'm playing at Northwestern? How many Northwestern defensive players do you know that make it in the NFL? I don't know. That's just more of a philosophical question that I ask myself when I'm going through this. And the athletic numbers he rated as the the best defensive end in the entire class, the entire one on just looking at the uh, his numbers here. So four run a sub four 5, 40 at two hundred eighty two pounds. What? That's nuts. Yeah. That's yeah, nuts. That's pretty, so you that's have to project. Easy. You have to project a lot with this guy. He has thirty three, nearly thirty four inch arms. He can essentially play tackle if you wanted him to. Six two two hundred eighty two 282 pounds, he's that athletic, that long. <laughs> so he, it's hard to find a spot for him. But, but I think next to Chris Jones is probably in Kansas City where he would slot. I don't see him as a defensive end. But again, that pass rush plan, the pass rush moves, I don't believe he has it now. That doesn't mean he can't develop it, but he's versatile. I know a couple guys in Kansas City that play – Defensive end that lined up on at nose at three tech at five tech last year, and so the value in a player like that on day two makes a lot of sense in Kansas City because of that positional versus versatility that Joe Collins and Steve Spagnuolo like. So he's got all of that from the standpoint. He's extremely raw, so you're going to draft him another senior local guy you're hoping that these developmental traits can translate. And again, it's a room with Chris Jones, with Joe Collins, with C. Spagnolo with guys, they can all help him. So I think it's a good spot for him. It's just a, a jump to a guy who didn't flash until the senior bowl. And then the combine. So I remember a guy, an offensive player that, you know, we, we I saw dunking on guys at Baylor a few years ago, and he starts to show up at the, at the senior bowl. And he's like, running good routes and now look at him in New York in the Jets and he can't get on the field. So sometimes when you see a guy at a senior bowl really blow up, it doesn't necessarily translate into the field. I think that again situation matters and having versatility matters, but I think I would project him as a defensive tackle at this point, not defensive end. Yeah that's what I'm mad with it so Hey so Dan um um
0: I, w- I want to ask you two questions. I think that we have We've been developing this kind of type of Brett Veach move. Um, it seems like there's always a small school guy. There's always a senior bowl guy <laughs> in every what in every draft he's had since he's been there. Do you, do you see any – are you leaning with – using that? Are you leaning towards anybody with that? Because you know he likes senior bowl guys. I think we had a senior bowl guy every year he's drafted – and um small school guys like Josh Williams uh, uh Nazi uh, Johnson in the seventh round like those type of HBCU guys even even those type of wild card guys um that's a better question who is right. a wild card guy for you
2: um there's a guy that flashed at the senior bowl who's also a smaller school guy at Central Michigan Edge, his name is Thomas Income. He's 6'2", 622 pounds, has 33-plus-inch arms, and, you know, he's still raw. He he tested pretty well, ran a 4.66, a 1.6-yard, 10-yard split, had a 30-inch vertical, 9'10", uh, broad jump and it had 23 reps on the bench he didn't do any of the the, sh- the uh, cone or the short shuttle but he flashed a couple times as a pass rusher so he's somebody i think on day three the chiefs might end up looking at again I, this is just based off of flashes that i saw at the senior bowl i had zero tape of central michigan defense so we'll we'll see how that goes but use nice hand work and specifically that that get off that you see with that one six five yard split running backs that's in the realm of some of the uh running backs that we see come out so it's nice to see some of you know, a guy like like income who's got some tools already at his disposal but he doesn't necessarily know how to use his body uh, to his, his to his advantage and he also you know has that 6'2 stocky 262 pound frame that you could shift inside and use as a as a pass rusher in that sense as well so he's got quick hands he he showed a couple times with his swipe the ability to get to the outside of a tackle and attack the outside shoulder which I enjoyed so he's somebody I have my eye on from a smaller school standpoint and I think Darnell Wright is the senior bowl guy they might they, they might love I love Darnell Wright like he's he's my offensive tackle too in this class and I I can't I, I believe he can play left and right so if you bring him into Kansas City I think the comp that I've that I uh, ended up settling on because I'm terrible at comp so I only do it when I feel comfortable it's Juwan Taylor. Uh, funny enough, these guys are athletic. They're big. They they got strength to them. And I think that Darnell might even be stronger than Juwan Taylor at this point already in his career. It was a bit he's a bit older. But he plays on the right-hand side. And you could ask him to play left, I think. But you're already asking one guy to play out of position with more experience. That makes a little more sense than asking Darnell right to do it right out of college. But I love what he offers. Big physical dude he's I I personally believe he's the best second level blocker in the NFL he gets or in, in the in the draft. He gets out into the second level and just blocks up dudes right away. He's really good at it. So I think he's the guy that I would have my eye on, especially at the end of the first round. That's a great segue. Let's let's talk about mm-hmm. some offensive linemen. You already you know you
1: already touched on Darnell. Darnell is definitely one of the guys I'm looking at too if we do address the offensive line a little more. Um, let's talk about since we got Jawan Taylor. Okay, all right, who are some other right tackle prospects you could look at now? Because, like you mentioned, it seems like the Chiefs are moving Jawan to left tackle. So, I mean, I guess that removes guys like Paris Johnson. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think who else, who else at left tackle? Um, I don't know, but Dewan Jones, of Ohio State, <laughs> let's talk about him at right tackle. What do you think about Dewan Jones? So, Ohio I'll State? say one
2: thing. I'll say one thing before we get this. I don't think left tackle's off the board. I really thank don't.
4: you. I was going to say the same thing.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Be- just because they say they're going to put him there, that's probably I could see that as a lot of gamesmanship for the draft. Saying if they got a guy that falls, possibly, he we would. have a right tackle who we know can play right tackle really well, and we now have a left tackle. So I don't think that anything's off the board. They've really given themselves flexibility in the first round at tackle. Uh, but Dwan Jones makes a lot of sense for a right tackle only prospect because he can't move very well. And that's what they wanted. I, I think that's why they wanted Orlando Brown in here. They're like, Hey, you play right tackle. We'll get you that extension. We'll get it right now. We'll get it done. But you don't want to play right tackle. You want to play left tackle. So you go play it somewhere else. Um, he can't move very well. And Dwan Jones, <laughs> it's funny watching this guy play because He does not have foot speed. He doesn't have that athletic ability. But his arms are literally so long that he can just reach guys and then let his slow feet catch up. So he, like, reaches guys, and then you can see him, like, crab walk sometimes into a position to (laughs) actually block them. It's ridiculous. And he's so strong with his hands and locking out his arms that sometimes that's all he needs. He doesn't necessarily need to be in a great position to block them, but they're really taught at Ohio State, especially for these guys who aren't as athletic – to ride them out of the pocket. Just get your arms on him, get on that out, on the inside shoulder and ride him out of the pocket. He does that well. Um, my biggest problem again is that he's not athletic. His balance, he can get a little too, little too, too top heavy for how big he is. Like uh, I think I actually have my profile up for him right now. Uh, Slow feet, athletic ability, and balance are going to challenge what he can do in the NFL. That's like a right tackle for you. You don't have that athletic ability. So you're kind of trading what Orlando Brown was at left tackle for a guy who probably will do the same thing at right tackle if you face him up with speed rushers. He might end up – it'll just be easier for Mahomes to see because he opens up to the right-hand side. So that's the only difference you're seeing really. Um, But again, I I talked about his top heaviness on his – on his face a couple times when he shouldn't be gets over his feet. And that's where the problem is in run blocking is that you see in the NFL, if you're a tackle and you're, 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 you're coming out and your, hand, your hands are here, your shoulders are over your feet. This is what's going to happen. You're just going to get smacked to the back and you're going to fall down. And these guys are really good at figuring that out. So you just got to figure that out. I mean, there was a you know Trey Smith was like that too he was really top heavy you've seen that go down a little bit but his aggression is is why he's so top heavy he was able to get out and really dominate people and he was really wanting to do that but uh, Juan doesn't really have that you know first step get out and do that he's more of a let me take this I don't even know what you want to call it uh, this bean pole that's like gigantic. Like, you know, Jack the Beanstalk kind of thing, and just whack people with it and and get into them. So he's got extremely long arms, and he uses them really well. That's about it, I can say, for a right tackle.
0: Dan, is there there a Mitchell Schwartz anywhere in this draft? Because we've been trying to replace Mitch since he unfortunately had to retire. And uh,
2: is there any Mitchell Swartz in this draft? Well, from a perspective of technique, I believe Peter Skronsky has the best chance to be that kind of technician. He is, I believe he can play left tackle, and a lot of people want him to play inside. But the technique that he provides with the athleticism, because we know Mitch wasn't the best athlete, but he looked athletic because he was so good at making defensive ends play to him. Was so uh, I, think, I think Peter does the same thing, but he's also athletic enough to overcome some of your shortcomings as a guy who's got shorter arms. And when you have that, sometimes your technique has to be absolutely perfect. And, and that's kind of the problem. You know, Mitch was kind of unique in that sense. I don't remember his arm length off the top of my head, but I think he had shorter arms than like 34, 33. Um, but he, again, technique didn't matter because he was so perfect with it. He, he could have guys play to him. Skronsky has that, that short area quickness and the technique to be able to play you know, left tackle, guard. I think he can even play center. I think he legitimately can play all five positions. I think he is that good. So, from that perspective, yeah, I think teams might get enamored with Darnell Wright, Anton Harrison, uh, Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, and you might see Skronsky fall down, especially if a lot of teams haven't pegged as a, a guard, which which does tend to happen. But he's following in the footsteps of his teammate Rashawn Slater who was still a top 10 selection if I'm not mistaken, and he Worked out just fine with the Chargers. He's a great tackle and he's gonna be a great left tackle for a long time. And, and I, I think Peter Skronsky fits a lot of the same mold. He's not as good of a you know power player and a technician as Rashawn Slater was, but he's good enough that he can he can get it done in that sense. Okay, so here's the second question. We got any more we got any
0: more
4: draft questions, uh,
0: Kylie? You got any more guys?
4: I have more. Go, uh, go, go ahead, Boogie, because mine's no like overall top draft, top. draft question. No, you go first because yours is related okay. to the tackle position.
3: Well, this is not a tackle position, but I, Dan, I have to ask you <laughs> I've been one of the ones that think we still could improve at corner. What do you think about Joey Porter?
2: Oh, Joey Porter reminds me a lot of Charvarius Ward. Um, and he's not. I don't specifically think he's a fit in Kansas City, but I, you know, I think they made Charverius Ward work personally. And when you're looking at the corners that they have, let, let's be. Let me find my notes on them. I, I have them written up here somewhere. I have too many notes. Sorry, guys, just keep taking. You, take, you take probably notes. got a Bible over there. All right,
1: okay.
2: all right, corner group. Here we go. So, I guess what I should say. Before I get into anything, he does he does fit with what the Chiefs like at, like a Josh Williams mold, okay? these Those are him and Jalen Watson, um, typically they're a bit longer, a little bit more physical. They don't necessarily have Trent McDuffie's short area quickness, okay? I think Jalen Watson's a much better athlete and might end up being a better corner overall because of it, but Josh Williams played really well too. Um, Joey Porter is, oh man. Uh, it's really difficult for me to get with him because he's a a physical press man corner. And I don't think he's very good playing off. I don't think he's very good playing in space. His hips are tight. His feet are bad. And the lack of Twitch is what is, what does it for me is why you see, I think he would be a great fit. In a place like New the Giant, excuse me, the Je- the Jets or San Francisco, where they just have some of these guys, they can play more cover three. They don't have to be in in press man all the time, but they also don't have to follow guys across the field. That's why Traverius Ward is there now. They said, okay, we don't, you don't need to follow anybody. You don't play, you don't play man at all. You can just be over here on your side. You go vertical, and, and that that's it. That's all you got to do. Wash your hands of it. So uh, I think that if he has to change directions, if he has to come downhill, some of his. Um, late on breaks for receivers he's not good at anticipating the route breaks for a lot of a lot of guys that gets you beat on slants it gets you beat on on just about everything underneath and across the across your face but he's a very physical physical guy that's and that's one thing you do if he does play off a little bit you get him five ten yards separation he has that click and close ability where you know you don't have to change your hips you just Get, dig your feet in and get downhill, and he will come downhill. He will hit people. He uses the sideline very well in man coverage. He really likes to use his hands and get leverage on a receiver and run him on, on the outside, so that's why you you'd like to see him as that, that man corner or a boundary cover three corner where he can just ride guys to the outside depending on his responsibility. Um, so in terms of what the Chiefs like to do, uh, it makes sense from a cover two, cover four type of defense that they've been running, but – the physicality stuff for the Chiefs has been more has been more prevalent. I think with Josh Williams, I think that they're just better change of direction guys. Even Williams, to an extent, he's much he's a better athlete than I think Joey Porter is trying to use his hips. So, pretty good rerouting guy. And I think that the Chiefs probably won't be taking a corner in the first round because they, their needs are elsewhere. And I still think Joey Porter um, is going in the first round somewhere. So I, I like what he can offer in a scheme specific sense, I just don't see him as one of the top lockdown guys in this draft.
1: Yeah. He's going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler anyway, but I see you here and there. You're probably not wrong. But, but I know, uh, so, I know some people's arguing for Christian Gonzalez of Oregon as being better as being the top corner in this draft class. But I know John, Edwards, I know John Edwards was talking about Cam Smith. Cam Smith, he's another guy that visited the chiefs not so long ago at corner. I mean, so, I mean, what do you, I don't know if it's Cam Smith or Sam Smith, but I mean, what
2: do you think it's about? Stan. I have one game on Cam Smith. It's really unfortunate because it was against Tennessee, so I learned almost nothing. <laughs> they basically put him on on Jalen Hyatt and said, "Okay, we're going to send him." I'm I'm trying not to get off topic here, but you know, Cam Smith, <laughs> Cam Smith was basically just asked to cover Jalen Hyatt in the slot. He's a versatile corner that can play on the outside, can play in the slot. But they said you're fast. You're not going to get beat behind you. Go cover Jalen Hyatt. He didn't. They didn't. He didn't beat him all game. Jalen Hyatt had one of his quieter games because they understood what you're supposed to do. Just put a guy over top of him and make him beat you underneath, and you couldn't do it. So I, I noticed that he's a good. He's a smooth mover. He can play man. He can play zone. You saw him take a take a couple of, of zone reps and, and a couple of man reps. So he had. That ability to him, that he has that click and close ability as well. They blitzed him a couple times, so that was that was cool. I like to see them then blitz him and again. Covering Jalen Hyatt gets a gets a plus plus for me if you can just say stay on top of this guy. So we know he trusts his speed. He has that speed, but he is absolutely disinterested in playing the run. He is not about that life. He's not coming down to get in in a skirmish. He doesn't want to get hit. He kind of just wants to let it happen, and that's fine. But I think the Chiefs would prefer uh, corners that that play the run, as we've seen with Joshua Williams, even Trent McDuffie, LeJarius Sneed, Jalen Watson, all these guys. You're going back to Traverius Ward. All of them play the run. So that some, seems to be something schematically and defensive uh, culture-wise that they really value. Yeah, I heard he's kind of grabby. I
1: heard he's kind of grabby in uh, man coverage. But, There's a know, lot of that. I don't mind yeah, grabbiness. Uh, r- Right, but it is what it is. Uh, so, okay, so like, let's so let's so let's say the Chiefs do go ahead and draft this guy, right? Okay, so like, do you see a scenario where let's say Legere Sneed can get traded at some point in this draft? I mean, do you? I mean, are you are you cool with that at first, or or are you like, okay, we can do better than this
2: and oh, just try to keep. I, Sneed? I like, I like Sneed. I love Sneed. I love him. I i personally wouldn't trade him but I, I, I understand, okay? If you, it feels like the Chiefs have identified the corners that fit. If you can nail four, three or four corners in a draft all the way through from first, fourth, and seventh round, I think you've identified what you want to attack as a corner in your, your defense. And while I love LeJarius Sneed, if they take a first round, even a second round corner, he's probably on the trading block. I don't think it makes any sense to draft somebody in the first or second round with the corners that you've already not only made work but gotten production out of, to then add another one to the group who's not going to play, You're just not going to play because you already have a rotation. You have four corners that are going to be on the, they're going to be rotating in on the field. You take another one, I, that's a waste of a pick unless you're trading away your guy who's you you maybe don't want to pay. Maybe you don't want to pay him because you think you can get production out of corners and LeJarius as good as he is. We can get draft capital for this guy before he becomes an all pro corner this year, which he very well might, and you have to pay for him. So from that perspective, from the team building perspective, I understand it. I wouldn't do it myself. I would lock him up now before he becomes an all pro corner, get him a little bit of cheap, get a little cheaper, but you know, team building future draft picks. I understand. Go ahead. What's your question,
0: Kylie?
4: Okay, so I know it's really difficult to know what's going to happen in the draft. Obviously, we have the 31st pick. Um, A lot can happen. There could be a run on wide receivers, this, that, whatever. Mm -hmm. If it were up to you and all things were equal, what position would you take first?
2: For me, I'm taking a defensive egg. Uh, And uh, and honestly, I'm trading up Mm -hmm. myself. I I think that this is – what you need to do in, in this draft class, because we've talked a little bit about wide receiver already. Actually, a, not a lot about wide receiver offense yeah. tackle is still in play, but there is nobody at defensive end outside next to George Karloff. This that you think is going to be a legitimate upside player. I like Mike Dana. He's a very good rotational guy. I know a lot of people think Charles, a man uh, was going to come in and be a solidified starter. He's not, he is best as a, as a, pass rush specialist a guy you can spot start much like we saw carlos dunlap doing last year he can spot you starts but he's much better off the bench in a rotational aspect not a starter he's not very good run defender he's really good at being a pass rusher from anywhere from nine all the way from wide nine to zero tech he can do all of that it's really good for their defense so you need a guy who's going to grow with george carloff this that you can Bookend right now. Get that 50-year option with this defensive end, whoever it's going to be. Go up and get him, and and make it happen to solidify your defensive line for the future. Especially if you're going to extend Chris Jones, you want to have two guys that can push quarterbacks to Chris Jones. You need to be able to do that because if you have George Kalatis who's getting better and he can collapse the pocket, we know we know Chris is going to come up the middle, and then you have this other end over here who's just like messing around. You don't really have someone there. Go lock it down so you can do what C wants to do is collapse the pocket and bring everyone to Chris Jones. That's what they gotta do.
1: All right. That's where I'm mad with it too. That's where I'm mad with it mm-hmm. too. I'm the edge in the first round type of dude right now. So
0: Yeah, it was it's the consensus that uh uh Brett Beach really really did his job last year. Mm-hmm. He he nailed the draft like literally every round, every well, no, really, not really too many question marks outside of Damian Kennard. Who was your favorite draft pick from last year?
2: Um, my favorite one at half, like when, the, when the, the draft happened, it was Leo Chanel. Like I thought that was just awesome. I love what he can do. We're going to see how he's going to be involved in the defense going forward. If you end up drafting him and he's a Sam linebacker and that's all he plays, that's a waste of a pick now. It's a waste. He's a third round pick. He's not playing very much. So unless he's going to be playing as a coverage linebacker a little bit more, if he's going to be pass rushing a little bit more, I, I personally think it's a waste of a pick to draft a linebacker, to have him play maybe 25% of the snaps for the future. That's a waste of a third round pick or whenever he was picked. So right now I think it's going to end up, my favorite pick is probably going to end up being Brian cook because now, just, you know, Juan Thornhill's gone. Brian Cook at the end of the season was playing more as a as a single high safety, as in-the-box safety, lining up in the slot. They used him all over the field a lot more, and they gained a lot of trust. And obviously, they were comfortable. Obviously, they brought in Mike Edwards, but that, neither here nor there. They're comfortable with him enough that they let Juan Thornhill get underpaid a little bit by the Cleveland Browns in terms of what I thought he was going to get. I think that was still a good, solid deal for, for Juan Thornhill, but – but the Chiefs could have paid that. Like they could have they could have paid one that they they felt pretty comfortable. And with how the Chiefs want to play defense, they want to funnel pretty much everything into their safeties, whether that's behind the linebackers and they want to play from the corner in. So they want to make if they don't want guys on, on an island. If you run up the field as a wide receiver, fine we'll, we'll play our receiver out there. But we want to funnel everything into the safety so they can come down and make plays so that guys don't get loose. That's a lot of significance put on Brian Cook, and that tells me that they feel pretty comfortable with the player he's going to be, that he can also play a little bit of single high, not all the time, he's not going to play a ton of single high, because that's really not his strength, it's coming in the box, playing a little bit in the slot, and being a physical enforcer for your defense, and I think he might end up being one of the more outspoken def- defensive members, take over a little more of a leadership role, so w- this year is going to tell a lot about Brian Cook, and I think he's, at the end of the year, he might be my, fi- my favorite pick, unless Sky Moore just balls out. Don't, don't mention their name. <laughs> you got
0: Sky Moore fan club number one and number two over here. <laughs> I love them too, man. I do. I'm going to give Kylie the nod at one, Boogie. I'm sorry. Uh, we can I'll take t- that. I, I, I'll let her be the leader of that. am right here, Sky, the- Moore,
4: the- Sky <laughs> Moore. Sky Moore. Why you of that?
3: Do you see a why shot? Come- you in the back seat, Chuck.
0: I'm gonna pass your seat in the
3: passenger seat in <laughs> back do, do you oh, see no. a shock, uh, Dan?
0: Do you see somebody? Because last year the shock was actually getting Trent McDuffie because he wasn't yeah. supposed to be there at all. That was the shocker of the draft. Um, the year before that, what it was a Trey Smith being there in the sixth. Do you is there a shocker that you see later on or in the middle or a move that you don't expect.
2: I mean, if, if I saw it, I guess I really wouldn't expect it, right? So, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Josh>. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is a, this is more of a trying to figure out Brett Beach. And I've got a pretty good track record of figuring out some of the day three picks. But, you know, I had Josh Williams last year. I had Cornel Powell and um, what's his face? I cut Joshua Kendo the year before. We'll see. How I can – if I can figure it out for, for this year, but I figure that out a little bit more into April, I'm just not – I'm not, not not there yet. So, right now, I, I think – I still think they're going to trade up in the first round. That's my own thing. If they don't, I won't necessarily be surprised. Um, and I also don't see them dra- trading down out of the first round while the draft is in Kansas City. So, just right now, I'm, I'm still trying to trying to figure out what Brett Beach might be trying to do. So, I don't have a great answer for you, unfortunately. Okay. We'll check back in with you after
0: the draft. <laughs> so I think we all agree we're getting Felix at thirty-one, right? That's what we all agree on.
2: I'd be, I'd be, oh, I'd be comfortable.
0: I don't want you to be excited. Okay, who? who Why, makes not? Excited? Why not
2: Miles Murphy? <laughs> Miles if he's Murphy at thirty-one. I'd be, I, I'd, I'd, I'd run around my house.
4: But you said you trade
2: up, right? Yeah, it's like, I'm going to get somebody. Personally, I'm going to get somebody. I want the kid from Florida State, actually. But he he stayed in school. Yeah, Uh, with Jared Verse, man. I want Jared Verse, too. But he's like, I'm going to go try and get myself a national championship. (laughs) Okay, I get it. Uh, I'm a Florida State fan. I ain't mad at it. (laughs) Um, That's what I was
1: about to say. You're a Florida State guy. That's why you said that. (laughs) (laughs) You know I love my boy. I'm still waiting for though to come through for me.
0: He gotta come through for me one day. I don't know when it's gonna happen. Ooh, He's a new man. tiny yo right now. So it uh like I said, uh Dan has been uh a supporter and and a great guy and, and and you put in the work, man. You definitely put in the work with the film and with the Twitch and you and uh Ryan over there. Ryan, call me. No, <laughs> <laughs> You guys definitely put in the work, and, and and you are definitely my source for draft news. You guys are really in. Shout out to uh, KC Sports Network, too. You know those guys over there, too. But uh, I, I see the passion, man. I see the fire that you have for this. Hey, man, we appreciate you, man, uh, for coming through and always showing love. And 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 we gonna have to go back through this draft. I'm, I'm willing to have. Are you coming to the draft?
2: I'm I'm trying to get my credentials. We're, I'm trying actually. So we'll oh, see if I get credentials. Oh, you going to the draft draft? I'm I'm you're trying to go to the draft draft. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll see if those get get put in. But I think no matter what, we're gonna be at the draft doing something with a with myself and Ryan at a live stream event. So we're definitely gonna have something. I'm I'm, I'm you know
0: I'm coming on. I'm spoiling that. I'm jumping on the <laughs> yeah. set. I'm jumping on the set. No, nah, <laughs> hey, if you get credentials, I'll carry your bags.
2: all right i'll hold you to that (laughs) so uh,
0: hey man uh we love you man we love your work and we love your passion so uh we we appreciate having you on the show dan
2: did dan just leave (laughs) no i didn't leave my camera died Oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. To wrap up show thank you
1: wait. Dan oh.
4: thanks, thanks for coming
2: on I was I waiting for your daughter so to much, pop man. up dude. you know she's out she's just passed out <laughs> thank y'all for having me so much honestly you guys are great I love what you do and always you guys ask me to be on I'll be there thanks show, you man. we appreciate you Dan
1: much appreciated man
2: Daniel Horns ladies yeah. and gentlemen
0: go follow yeah. him on Twitter follow him on Twitch RGR, uh, Ryan going rogue.
4: <laughs> Lockdown teams. Love those guys, man. Love
0: those guys, for real. So but Let's, let's get to the sponsors,
1: and... Chuck. Yeah, let's get to the sponsor. Wrap this up. All right, so uh, for today at homage.com, they 20% off everything on their website. So that's the special they got going on right there. And, and opening the day, just happened today opening day just started today so you still got your mlb retro helmets collection going on uh the royals they couldn't score a run today that was, that they was already amazing. in mid-season groove they already, already ready they already already man already man. <laughs> and as women's history month comes to a close you still got that collection going on uh and the nba playoffs is right around the corner we a few weeks away from that so nba on fire collection that's still going on so copy some gear and pay homage pay homage and <laughs> phone died. So yeah, that's yeah, everybody's phone
0: died. Right. So next week so, we got some more draft covers. We're going to try to try to touch on some more positions and, and more guys and all that stuff. So stay in tune with us, man. Kingdom cast, man. We appreciate the love and the support and, Get them likes up. Get them shares up. Please sub. Uh, we need like five subs to get the 500. five but... hundred. Yeah, we're trying to get to a thousand. Yeah, we trying to get the hey, five hundred. Help us out, man. Show us that love that y'all show us all the time, man. We appreciate y'all, man.
1: We gonna have a big so... we gonna have a big ass giveaway for both. We get the five hundred subscribers. We got a big ass giveaway for that, and we working on we're still working on the giveaway for the over two thousand followers that we got. We're still working on that, y'all. It's coming. Facts. Facts. It's coming. It's be patient. It's coming. <laughs> Please be patient and show us False. the love. Show us
0: the love. <laughs> Kylie, Kylie, take us out. Uh,
4: all right. Well, you saw it here. Daniel Harms, thank you again for him coming on, talking draft with us. I don't know how he keeps all of that knowledge straight. That was Very impressive. Uh, You know, we'll be back here on Thursday. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And then we'll be back next Thursday. More draft talk. We're getting close. I think it's like 30, 28 days or something. I don't know. We're getting close. Anyway, thanks for coming by. Don't forget to like. And we'll see y'all later. Oh, oh,
0: before we go. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's important. It's important. It's important. It's important. 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 (laughs) Uh, to, to the families to the families of of that school shooting to those kids yeah, to those parents to those school workers to those teachers principals administration to all of those people we 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 love you um hug your kids man it's a crazy world we living in hug your people man you never know like for real love on your people every day cuz you never No, we are living in a very, very odd and weird world. And uh, uh, from the bottom of my heart, and I think I speak for everybody that's a part of this team, we love and prayers and thoughts and encouragement and all of that goes out to each and every one of those kids, man. That's a horrendous situation. And it's like becoming normal. And that's not cool at all. It's like the last thing that should be regular. You know what I'm saying? So let's turn that around. Let's start loving each other regularly. Like, make that normal to say, Chuck, I love you. Kali, I love you. Such and such, I love you. I want to help you. Like, let's start making that the norm instead of violence and trolling and silly stuff and embarrassing people like Let's stop that, man. Let's change this, bro. It's just, it's way too much. And I hate to get like extra serious on y'all. I'm sorry, but like it's emotional. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's such a crazy situation, especially for guys like me that have kids, guys like uh, Dan that has kids, Boogie has kids. Happy birthday to Boogie's son, too, by the way. Happy birthday to think Is it Armani? or Manny? Manny. I don't know. Happy birthday to Boogie's son. but to, yeah, to all those families, man, go hug somebody in your family, randomly. Go to hug somebody in your house. Tell them you love them before you go to bed. Um, we love y'all, man. Kingdom Cash. We out. We out here. Hey. <laughs>